0: Day 4 of Totus Tuus' Novena for Christmas with quotes from Benedict XVI's and Deus Caritas Est The real novelty of the New Testament lies not so much in new ideas as in the figure of Christ himself who gives flesh and blood to those concepts an unprecedented realism. In the Old Testament, the novelty of the Bible did not consist merely in abstract notions, but in God's unpredictable and in some sense unprecedented activity. This divine activity now takes on dramatic form when, in Jesus Christ, it is God himself who goes in search of the stray sheep, a suffering and lost humanity. When Jesus speaks in his parables of the shepherd who goes after the lost sheep, of the woman who looks for the lost coin, of the father who goes to meet and embrace his prodigal son. These are no mere words. They constitute an explanation of his very being and activity. His death on the cross is that culmination of that turning of God against himself, in which he gives himself in order to raise man up and save him. This is love, in its most radical form. By contemplating the pierced side of Christ, we can understand the starting point of this encyclical letter. God is love. It is there that this truth can be contemplated. It is from there that our definition of love must begin. In this contemplation, the Christian discovers the path along which his life and love must move. Jesus gave this act of oblation an enduring presence through his institution of the Eucharist at the Last Supper. He anticipated his death and resurrection by giving his disciples in the bread and wine, his very self, his body and blood, as the new manner. The ancient world had dimly perceived that man's real food what truly nourishes him as man is ultimately the Logos eternal wisdom this same Logos now truly becomes food for us as love the Eucharist draws us into Jesus' act of self-ablation more than just statically receiving the incarnate Logos we enter into the very dynamic of his self-giving. The imagery of marriage between God and Israel is now realized in a way previously inconceivable. It had meant standing in God's presence, but now it becomes union with God through sharing in Jesus' self-gift, sharing in his body and blood. The sacramental mysticism grounded in God's condescension towards us, operates at a radically different level, and lifts us to far greater heights than anything any human mystical elevation could ever accomplish. Here we need to consider yet another aspect. This sacramental mysticism is social in character, for in sacramental communion I become one with the Lord like all the other communicants. As St. Paul says, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Union with Christ is also union with all those to whom he gives himself. I cannot possess Christ just for myself. I can belong to him only in union with all those who have become, or who will become, his own. Communion draws me out of myself towards him and thus also towards unity with all Christians. We become one body, completely joined in a single existence. Love of God and love of neighbor are now truly united. God incarnate draws us all to himself. We can thus understand how agape, also became a term for the Eucharist. There God's own agape comes to us bodily in order to continue his work in us and through us. Only by keeping in mind this Christological and sacramental basis can we correctly understand Jesus' teaching on love. The transition which he makes from the Law and the Prophets to the twofold commandment of love of God and of neighbor and his grounding the whole life of faith on this central precept is not simply a matter of morality, something that could exist apart from and alongside faith in Christ and its sacramental reactualization. Faith, worship and ethos are interwoven as a single reality which takes shape in our encounter with God's agape. Here the usual contraposition between worship and ethics simply falls apart. Worship itself, Eucharistic communion, includes the reality both of being loved and of loving others in turn. A Eucharist which does not pass over into the concrete practice of love is intrinsically fragmented. Conversely, the commandment of love is only possible because it is more than a requirement. Love can be commanded, but because it has first been given. This principle is the starting point for understanding the great parables of Jesus. The rich man begs from his place of torment that his brothers be informed about what happens to those who simply ignore the poor man in need. Jesus takes up this cry for help as a warning to help us return to the right path. The parable of the Good Samaritan offers two particularly important clarifications. Until that time, the concept of neighbor was understood as referring essentially to one's countrymen and to foreigners who had settled in the land of Israel. In other words, to the closely knit community of a single country or people this limit is now abolished anyone who needs me and whom I can help is my neighbor the concept of neighbor is now universalized yet it remains concrete despite being extended to all mankind it is not reduced to a generic abstract and undemanding expression of love but calls for my own practical commitment here and now The Church has the duty to interpret ever anew this relationship between near and far with regard to the actual daily life of her members. Lastly, we should especially mention the great parable of the Last Judgment in which love becomes the criterion for the definitive decision about a human life's worth or lack thereof. Jesus identifies himself with those in need, with the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and those in prison. As you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Love of God and love of neighbor have become one. In the least of the brethren, we find Jesus himself, and in Jesus we find God Let us pray. Holy Mary, Mother of God, you have given the world its true light, Jesus, your Son, the Son of God. You abandoned yourself completely to God's call and thus became a wellspring of the goodness which flows forth from him. Show us Jesus. Lead us to him. Teach us to know and love him so that we too can become capable of true love and be fountains of living water in the midst of a thirsting world.